Well, I'm very pleased to welcome Fiona Collins into my kitchen. It's a lovely kitchen. <laughs> and uh, we're here to talk about the Mabinogi. Fiona, you have a particular connection with the Arms Service, and you've just been up in Chester telling stories in an exhibition there. Uh, I was just wondering, could you maybe talk a little bit about how the, the book, the exhibition, and your experience of the fourth branch and the Mabinogi um, come together? <laughs> in two minutes. <laughs> um, well, the Owl Service was my introduction to the fourth branch because I read it when it came out when I was 14, which I think is the ideal age to read it. But I didn't have a clue what was going on because I didn't know anything about the story that he'd drawn on. And um, uh, it's really interesting because all the rest of Ghana's books are set in Cheshire, even the one where they go to Australia, it begins in Cheshire. He really is Dine Vichtir Square, a man of his square mm. mile, and he's absolutely steeped in the language, and his family go back to 1574 or something in that area. But this one book, um, The Owl Service, is not set in Cheshire, it's set in Wales. And... Um, when his wife Griselda was talking about where the, um, they call it, when he's got all the um, factors in place to get him going on a book, they say all the cards are in place. And the first card was when he was writing his first book for children in 1957, The Weird Stone of the And he was reading Chambers' Encyclopedia of Non-Classical Mythology, looking for names because there's lots and lots of uh, uh, references to different um, myth mythologies in, in that story. And he came upon the name of Mathatmathongri. He didn't use it in the book, but it caught his attention. I don't know why, presumably because of maths, magic powers. And so he read the fourth branch and knew that he wanted to do something about it, but he didn't know what. And it cooked in his mind for a long time. And um, and then gradually, bit by bit, the story came together. And I wonder how I I mean I got interested in the Mabinogion in the early nineteen nineties, and I was still living in London and reading them and trying to make sense of them. And I remember quite early on doing a tandem telling with June Peters of the Fourth Branch. And she created a sort of poem to represent the spell in the same way that you've used in Dream in the Nightfield. You've got uh, spells that you say. I'm not sure whether they're working or not. I didn't see any leaves coming out on the, on the sticks, but maybe when you've done it a few more times. And I still use that when I'm telling it. I'm not sure if she does or not. I must ask her. And... You know where these, so it kind of, it kind of caught, it hooked onto me somehow. But what really excited me was when I came to the first course that I went to with Hugh and Eric, Hugh Upton and Eric Madden at Tinewith at the Writers' Centre, um, to go on one of their ex explorations of the mythological landscape, and they took us out for a day to a whole range of sites connected with, um, I guess, with 
I'm trying to remember now, I guess just with this, just, I think just with the fourth branch mm. of the Mabinogian. Later on, when I was working there, they re-ran their Mabinogian course and they added a couple of days to it at the beginning and went to some of the sites in the south and I went down with them to look at the, the sites associated with, particularly with the first branch. But that's really my, my, the most exciting thing to me about the Mabinogian is that you can go to the real places, they're named in the story, they still have those names. You can go to those places and go, whoa, this is where the story happened, even when you know it didn't actually happen. But that connection between the landscape and the story, I never found that when I was living maybe because I was living in London, maybe because I was living in the city. I'm sure there are those connections. I just think that's wonderful. I just think that's amazing. I'm interested to hear you talk about cooking. And presumably we're talking about slow cooking here. <laughs> very, very slow cooking. <laughs> so uh, uh, what other ingredients do you think go into the, your creative slow cooking part? Apart from We talked about the landscape. We talked about the evocative, magical use of language what else would we put in there well i've been really influenced by other storytellers that i've heard telling it um i'm just trying to think of whether there are other writers apart from um apart from alan garner the the um the dark is rising sequence that susan cooper wrote oh, right. which are five books four of them are set in and around cornwall really but the th the one that's called the Silver Tree is set in the Dissany Valley. And that's not a part of Wales that I know very well, really, and I'd like to go and look at those places. But writers are doing something so different. Ooh, I'm going to make some huge generalisations. I'll go for it. They're <laughs> doing something so different with the stories because usually they're trying to... Uh, the, the books, certainly the books that I've... Um, Suggested it now, oh, and what's what's his name? Um, no, no, her name, Evangeline Walton. Oh. She's done it as well, hasn't she? Um, they kind of taking the stories and using them as a springboard for their own ideas, as Garner did for the L service. Storytellers, it seems to me, are less interested, or the ones that I know anyway, less interested in jumping off from the story into somewhere else than to diving into the story. I've left the cooking pot and reached the swimming pool now. <laughs> <laughs> um, diving into the story and really exploring it. So hearing different people tell those stories, and particularly when we did the first Mabinogian Festival in Aberystwyth, and Peter, Peter Stevenson, who organised the festival, I mean, he was quite directive. He said, you are the three people who are going to do this, and you are the three people who are going to do that. And um, and here's where you're going to stop and the next person take over. And I think he even allocated who told which bit of the story. I think you could you could you could express a preference. Um, but it was really good. You know how sometimes it's good to have uh, uh, boundaries, especially for me because I've all many ways. And to tell a story that I knew very well, sharing it with Christine Cooper and with Kath Little. And working our different takes into each other was really, was really good. Because so much of what I do as a storyteller is on my own. Mm. And, you know, we're freelance and 
especially if you're competing with someone that you know for a job. I hate that. <laughs> I really hate that for the, the school projects that yeah. are going on at the moment. So to be able to work together mm. is really, it's a really great so, um, just, I think this is, that's a very, very interesting point, that we, we are about community, our work is about community, but we work solo, mm. by and large. And I was wondering what qualities and values you could bring out of that experience of, of working together, you, Christine and Kath. What, what specifically did that bring out of your work that's not as present when you're on your own? Um, there was something about rhythm, particularly because Christine is such a fine musician. And we, we did actually get together a couple of times and work on things. We worked in a very different way from the men. We made a really <laughs> and of course, our way was much, much better. Uh -huh. <laughs> but, um, but we did, you know, we did, we looked at music. I mean, we made some suggestions. We really wanted, Kath and I really wanted to use some Flamme Canard one, mm. that song in the second branch. And Christine thought it was a bit of, she didn't like it as a piece of music, but um, we forced it on her. And, <laughs> of course, she knows a lot more about music than I do, so she would have had a lot more choice. But, um, and we were able to work with refrain mm. and echoing and shadowing and overlapping the two languages, um, but also overlapping ideas in a way that you can't bring out on your own storytelling even if you're aware of it sort of to try to bring different viewpoints so I think it made me more aware of rhythm and um, pattern and, and yeah and kind of the musical qualities that I it's a bit of a closed world to me that so it's good it did open a few little spy holes, portholes. Um, we didn't do very much work on um, uh, physicality. It was a bit, I'll stand here and you stand there, and that's something that I think is an even more close world to me, and that would be really good to know more about. But playing together and working together and weaving in our different viewpoints was really good and it would be great for, you know, it's great when storytellers find more opportunities to do that. So I think festivals are good, even if you're not joining in, you're hearing people. Mm. And when we all went and did that weekend on the Odyssey that Christine mm. Cooper organised, that was that was a real mixture of experienced and not experienced storytellers, professional and non-professional storytellers, and everyone brought something different and amazing to that and everybody was so steeped in the story there wasn't the space between storyteller and audience we were all both moving from one to the other and back again fascinating yes i mean it's uh, it's up to us isn't it to organize that because it won't happen any other way yeah, will it? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we're also busy chasing the next thing it's uh, yeah. it's quite tricky so maybe there's yeah. um and trying to earn a living <laughs> Oh yes, exactly, exactly. So if there was something else, just if you were given a, a maths magic wand and <laughs> were asked to conjure a storytelling event uh, and 
no expense spared, what would it be? Oh, it would be, I, I think, having talked about that Odyssey weekend and how much he enjoyed it, I'd love to have a sort of a Mabinogion week, but not just about the four branches, so perhaps it'll have to be several weeks, <laughs> that combined telling and sharing that, that, that did um, just dilute that, that um, divide between storytelling and audience. Um, I'm not a black box storyteller, you know, just, just so that people were moving in and out, but also that we travelled around and went to all the places and told outside. A couple of years ago, the, the National Theatre did a performance of Sandra Lewis's Blodewe at Tom and Amir, mm. and the daughter of a friend in the village played Blodewe. She was just fresh out of college. And I'm so gutted I didn't go didn't get to see it. I didn't see it. Did you see it? No, unfortunately not. No. Um, goody who saw it, she said it's the best thing. So they were moving around Tom and Amir. And although that's not particularly a story that I like, the the the, the Sanders Lois, I still think that would have been wonderful. Mm. So to have a a, a, a storytelling tour bus that went to lots of gorgeous <laughs> places like Davin's place at Velenichab and um, took over Aberystwyth Art Centre and then went to where's in the south that would be nice? Where could we go in the south? Well, we could go to Castellhentlis or we could. Uh, oh, yes, yeah. Castellhentlis. Or we could go up to Glenkeach. No, but just somewhere we can be indoors as well. I oh, know there's lots of places well. we can go. Oh, there's, there's um, um, the, the Theatre Muldoon perhaps in, in The other place would be Theatre of Beads. And Abba TV, which is a lovely wooden built round building with a space inside. Oh, maybe I'm modelling that up with Theatre Mall. Theatre Mall Dance is uh, relatively modern, I think. Ah, yeah, and that would be, you know, so that we could go. Not Theatre Beat, Theatre Beat Bach, Small World Theatre. Ah, uh, yes, Bach. yes, oh yes, it is yeah. them that I mean, it is yeah. them that I mean. I've seen them in Shandidna, they come up to the big arts event, take part there. Yes, so that we could, um, yeah. Just all spend a week together. It'd have to be a big bus. Have you been? But we have two buses. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Great. That's a plan. <laughs> it's it's a plan. That's ambitious. I just you know. I think it's a great idea. Oh my! You know, just that we could come together. Maybe we should have another gathering like the Society for Storytelling had in Cardiff. Not the one two years ago. That was very very small. <laughs> no, the one that I didn't go to, where there were lots of people. Perhaps we could have the Millennium Centre then, that would be quite handy. Yeah, it would, it would. Yeah. Uh, but maybe, I mean, because our country is such a weird shape, uh, there's, I mean, I'm a massive fan of Bledford. Yeah. It's, it's equally inconvenient for everyone. It is, it's good, that's good. When I was talking with Kath and I had had about trying to create a gathering of, 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 of storytellers, um, I kept saying, what about in Newtown? Like, put it in the middle. <laughs> put it in the middle <laughs> so everyone can get to it. Yeah. Oh, there must be somewhere that we could... Or, like, um, have a bit of circulating storytelling court. Where oh, can... yes, we could ride around, yes. And um, someone can stay at home with their feet in the lap of a virgin. Well, that means, yes. Well... <laughs> <laughs> so if there was... Um, I'm just wondering... In terms of like dreaming and ambition and all that kind of thing, what? Where would we, as storytellers in Wales, aim next? Because we've got 
I think, I, I'm just blowing our own trumpet here for a minute, I think there is a burgeoning sense of community and also a sense of identity that includes people who both do and don't speak Welsh and people who are from and are not from Wales. This material seems to, in some way, be a kind of cauldron of inspiration mm. that we all get chucked into, except we come out speaking rather than not speaking. Um, <laughs> Touch us up. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but we don't seem particularly strategic or, or ambitious. <laughs> we just let stuff happen, which in, one, in some sense I think is a strength because you, you, you're responsive to, to what happens. Mm. But um, just talking to you has made me realise that Interesting things happen when we get together. Oh yeah, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. I would, I, I would like to see um, more of a connection. I, I, I'd like to see the kind of revival stories playing world somehow get connected more to the, the what's happening in the Welsh language that mm. I don't really know about. Mm. You know, Maya Thomas Evans mm. is not particularly well known. I don't think outside. No the Welsh-speaking world, and yet she was very instrumental at last year's, well, this year's Stethold in Anglesey, there was much more storytelling. She was asked to develop that. Do you know there was a storytelling competition in the literature? Really? Yeah, I only found out about it the day I was there, otherwise I might have gone in for it. And there's going to be a storytelling competition in the literature tent in in Cardiff. It's on the Restratest and already. Um, And... um, I, although, you know, the Eisteddfod world is, is a very particular world yes, and people indeed. either love it or hate it, but it oh, seems to be... Or love it and hate it. Oh, yes, yes. Which is <laughs> the other option. Yes, I haven't gotten that. But to make more connection with what's happening mm. in, in ways... I just remember when you did the four branches in different places... <sighs> Um, you're the only person I've ever heard tell all four branches in Welsh. There must be other people who do, but you're the only person. And the fourth one, when you did the fourth branch, it was in it was in a little village hall in the yeah. middle of nowhere, and and there'd been a whole weekend of events. There was a bus trip round listening to storytellers, and they were all people. I mean, I didn't get to the bus trip, I, but I came to the story tent, and it was really like a nos on flower. And after this story, there was this huge table of Welsh cakes and cups of tea, and um, that was Eros Lewis that organised that. Yes, it was Eros. Goila Kavar with based at Theatre and it was absolutely amazing. And I, he asked us to do a couple of things. Myself and Lynn did a telling of Branwen, um, and I'd never felt listening I've the most intense listening I've ever yeah. had in my entire life um and then he gave me that fantastic challenge which you know looking back I cringe a bit but um because uh because I yeah I know stuff now I didn't know then well yeah well we all but, do uh, that's all right <laughs> but you some of the stuff you know now is because you did that then that's true thank you did yes. he set up the whole four branches that he set that up because I came to all all but one I missed one. I missed the Branwen, I think. Uh, Branwen was a nice one. It was in, It was in a, again, in a village hall. People packed in, absolutely mm. packed mm. in, and all ages as well. And the third branch you did outside. I did that outside. The chapel that's in the it middle was, of nowhere. Um, uh, a really famous chapel. The name of it yes, comes from a very short Yes, I know it's really famous. It's really, really famous. Um, especially, so if, especially if you love... <laughs> I said one day. Yeah. It was Zoramanith, yeah, which sorry. is an amazing... Inside, the chapel itself is beautiful. 
and it has its white, its width ways, which is mm. what a storytelling audience tends to, to mm. be. And also there's a very slight rake in the Gurukhetra. Oh. So you've got this tiny element of theatricality where uh, not only is the, the preacher raised up, but, yes. it's, but the people are. Liverpool, but there's a slight feeling of rake, mm. um, which really does. It looks very simple, very do it yourself, but actually it's the product of a very specific way of yeah. performing uh, ritual mm. and community. That's mm. so fascinating to, to look at. Fiona, it's been such a pleasure talking to you. And uh, hope to have the pleasure again very soon. Okay. <laughs> Definitely without a big microphone. <laughs>